You're listening to the Mom Inspired Show, episode 74 with Melissa Sharp. Our eldest daughter started to exhibit these signs that became so overwhelming and so crippling to her everyday life that I ended up in a puddle of tears on the kitchen floor. I don't know how many times because I I didn't know how to help her. I didn't know where to begin. I didn't know how to start. Welcome to the Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Melissa, thank you for coming back on the show today. Clearly, I can't get enough of you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's Um, awesome. I know. It's so fun to have you on the show. And, you know, this show is a little bit different than what we normally do. And we'll go into that in a minute. So I'm really excited. But Melissa, because you've been on the show so many times, I thought I would switch it up for you. And instead of asking a travel question, I thought I would ask you about a life hack that you just love and think other moms should know about it. A lot of moms, uh, a lot of mom friends of mine really struggle with making lunches for their kids. And I I have uh, this process that we do um, when my kids come home off the school bus, they have two chores that they have to do right away. And the first one is wash their hands with soap and water. (laughs) And the second one is they have to bring their lunch bags into the kitchen. It takes five minutes, but we repack their lunches for the next day and put them away in the refrigerator and we do it together and then it's done. And you don't even have to think about it. And it's like, as you're unpacking all of the containers and everything from the lunch bag, um, I have a second set of matching containers to the one. So each each child has two sets of these like lunchtime containers. We repack it. It goes in the fridge. And then I don't even have to think about it for the rest of the night or in the morning. We just grab them from the fridge and they're ready to go. So for me, it's like two sets for each lunchbox, and then just getting into a routine of getting the kids to help you. And as soon as one gets unpacked, it gets repacked right away. I love that, especially to the two, you have the two containers for each child, because right, if you only have one and you're waiting to load that into the dishwasher for the night, so then you can have it ready in the morning, that adds to the craziness. So I feel like it's beneficial to have duplicates for this scenario so that you're just like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And it's done and it's so stress-free and I've suggested it to so many moms. And when they've started doing it, they're like, my mornings are are so much easier. And then you're able to give your child a little bit more responsibility where it's like, did you grab your lunch bag from the refrigerator? Do you have your water bottle? And it gives, it puts the onus on them that they need to be a part of the process and they need to pack their school bag. And it just works really, really well. Takes some time, but it works. No, I love it. And I remember you've mentioned that before. So I'm glad that you brought that up again. And I do think that makes a big difference. And, you know, and a lot of people, they may not do it in the morning, but they may do it after dinner, which we all know is just crazy time. So I feel like this just kind of cuts out all the craziness and just like, takes care of it. Boom, boom. And you're all done. So uh, thanks for sharing that. I feel like that will be such a good life hack for other moms. Um, Mm -hmm. So for those of you, for those that have not heard Melissa on the other episodes, Melissa, how about you share a little bit about us, uh, about us? See, you and I are now together. (laughs) It's no longer me and it's no longer you. Yes. (laughs) So how about you share a little bit about yourself, uh, what your name is, where you're from, how many kids you have, and, um, and then we'll jump into the interview. 
Uh, well, my name's Melissa Sharp. Uh, I'm in. I'm Canadian. And we live just outside, we live in a city just outside of Toronto. And I have two daughters who have just turned ages six and 10. Uh, and I'm a writer uh, here in, um, in Canada and, and a speaker. So I speak at women's conferences and events. I feel like you were going to say here in Nashville, like <laughs> I, <laughs> I, <Yes. laughs> Melissa's other home is Nashville. So, um, yeah, so I love it. Um, okay. Yeah. So the reason why I thought it would be so great for you to come back on the show to chat with us is to talk about your oldest daughter, Avery. So she's been dealing with some anxiety and I just wanted you to be able to share what that looks like in your family. And I know you and I have talked about this and we thought this just might be a really good topic to discuss because other moms out there must be going through this and we wanted them to feel not alone. Absolutely. This, um, as you know, Amber, uh, my husband and I are right in the trenches of it right now. And we have been going through um, some very emotional, uh, uh, it's been a very emotional upheaval for, for us and for my daughter and just everything that we've been going through. Um, I really hope uh, as as many different like uh, content series that we have developed together and as much as I've talked about my kids, I hope they don't end up in therapy one day because I've talked about them so much <laughs> on the Mom Inspired Show. But um, she, my eldest daughter has always been very petite. And about a year ago, we started to notice some changes in her physically. And the you know, I, I do need to, to state right from the, the get-go that there is some physical issues going on. So, you know, we've been we've met with various different specialists and doctors, and uh, we were told something somewhere around the age of seven, uh, she stopped growing. And she's 10, so it's been about three years. And, you know, something that the doctor had said to me was, this isn't something that you're going to notice in a year. It takes time uh, and tracking for this type of issue to come out and for us to be able to look and see somewhere around the age of, some, of seven, something happened and her body started to betray her. As a mom, the uh, the guilt that I felt that was overwhelming. How did her body start to fail her and I be so slow to notice? She's a happy kid. She has a great personality. Um, she's just, I didn't, I didn't see things, um, because they weren't drastic. It was a very slow process. So as we're, you know, going through all of the motions, meeting with different doctors and, and all the things to figure out maybe what's going on with her body as to why she kind of plateaued and stopped growing, uh, my, my daughter's issues with anxiety started to come out even more. And first and foremost, I want, I want moms to understand that anxiety is just an emotion like every other emotion that we experience. So everyone has anxiety. Everyone experiences anxiety in life. Just uh, for some reason, people with extreme anxiety, uh, their brains are just wired differently. And it's just something that happens. There, there's no rhyme or reason. You know, my husband and I don't struggle uh, with anxiety. We're not anxious people. 
But, you know, digging into further research, we we have realized that there are some hereditary issues and, and issues with anxiety have happened to other members in our family. And so, you know, our eldest daughter started to exhibit these signs that became so overwhelming and so crippling to her everyday life that I ended up in a puddle of tears on the kitchen floor, I don't know how many times, because I I didn't know how to help her. I didn't know where to begin. I didn't know how to start. And that's where this journey started to take off for us. It was really a prayer of, of helping, of God helping us to understand that our daughter was wired differently. And it wasn't a life sentence. This wasn't something that she wasn't going to get help for, or that was incurable or anything like that. It was just a a dawning for us that we needed to parent her a little bit differently to help her learn the coping skills to move forward in life while she's struggling with the physical issue at the same time. So that's kind of where this all started for me. Yeah. And I was going to ask you, um, with with the whole anxiety and and her weight, so she was small to begin with, like just I mean from birth, correct? Like you she were saying, was she's a, petite. A, she's always been petite. She's always been a little girl. Um, yeah. So yeah. it was it was just a slow process. Where right. I realized this winter, I was like, oh, this is the third winter in a row that you've been wearing the same snowsuit. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. That's probably where it really is noticeable. Now, do you guys in Canada do uh, yearly wellness visits where they're always like measuring like the percentile of height and weight? Absolutely. And that's where it started for our doctor when and when she was sent to a, a pediatric uh, nutritional doctor. That doctor was able to go through her entire life history and was able to determine that she plateaued around the age of seven. So did they not get concerned when she was then eight that she didn't change at all? Uh, no, because apparently it's a, it's a very slow process. Some children mm. grow faster than others. Um, but by the age of 10, her weight had dipped down so far that she she's about half the size in weight what a child her age should be. Mm. Well, and I only say that. Though, the reason why I ask the questions because... You know, there's going to be moms out there that are doing their yearly, their wellness visit, especially in the United States, um, and just trying to figure out like when to be alarmed, right? Like, so, so in the next year, if they have not changed and they stay the same, that may be okay. So, is it a matter that it was a couple years later that? it was not moving forward that it became the problem. I'm just trying to figure out for like other moms, like if you were to go back in time, is there something that you would do different now knowing this information to kind of be more aware or would you not really been able to know quite yet that something was wrong? You know what? There's nothing that I would do different because there's no way of knowing. Okay. And it's, it's a, it's just a part of life and every child develops at a different rate. And, and, you know, Amber, I don't want a a new mom to be listening to this and and freaking out that their child's not meeting a milestone. That's not it at all. And that is why it's very important that we take our children for their yearly checkups. It's important why you have an open dialogue and conversation with your family doctor. Uh, 
that your doctor is invested in your child's life and wants to see them thrive. And so often we go to the internet or we we listen to somebody else's story and we just kind of spin these things in our head and we diagnose ourselves or diagnose our kids. And I really feel like we're just borrowing trouble and we're worrying over things that we don't need to worry about. Everyone develops at a different rate. You know, even the doctors that have been helping us through this are not making me feel that I've done anything wrong. They're, they are treating it like we can figure out the problem and we can deal with this. We can deal with this because there are so many more things about her that are healthy and what what uh, someone would call normal. Um, you know, and there's there was other little things that came up, like like her hair is strong and healthy. Uh, she has a great attitude. You know, just different yeah. things mm-hmm. that it was like. You know, we're not going to go to worst case scenario. When they started doing her initial blood work and so forth, um, that was very very hard on her. She had to go in several times. And if any parent has has a, a child um, who suffers with anxiety, having to put them through any type of physical trauma is is even worse. And when they were doing her initial blood work, I mean, they they trace for everything from you know childhood cancers and 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 the white blood cells and and all of those things. And that was a really hard week for me because it had just come to the forefront of my mind that something wasn't quite quite right and we needed to figure out what the problem was you know during the uh the the process um things were started to compound so we we found out she was allergic to dairy mm. and you know because she couldn't have uh, the, like those pure milk proteins and they right. were causing issues for her, that was also holding her back. So there was a lot of wins too, where we were like, okay, so we can remove you know, the dairy from her diet and we'll start to see improvement. And sure enough, we did. We had small wins in certain areas. Um, but to go back to the anxiety piece of it, you know, for, for my daughter, um, I I think what was so hard for us is she was struggling. I think there's a, I think anxiety is part of the physical component for her. Um, I think that the, the struggles that she had with this emotion started to emerge at a young age. And my child was just very good at internalizing it. And, you know, that was, again, that was something that I thought, we have our nighttime conversations. This kid tells me everything. You know, I'm open and honest with her and she's open and honest with me. And, I, and I've and i tried to, to cultivate a great relationship with my daughter. How did I miss this? And, you know, for my child, she just didn't know any different. And so she was feeling these overwhelming emotions and they were causing physical symptoms to happen she just internalized it and and really didn't know how to share. Um, you know, one of the things that it's caused for her is um, severe acid reflux. So she's on such a heavy acid blocker right now because we don't know the amount of damage that it's done. Mm. And to her, she just she would always have this acid coming up, and it it, it was it felt like her food was coming up, and mm. you know it was causing problems in her mouth, but she just didn't. She didn't know that that wasn't normal. Yeah. And, you know, so it's, and I think that, you know, the anxiety was a cause of that. And so she'd get nervous, but she'd internalize it. And on the outside, I just saw this happy, bright child who loved life. And 
that's why this this just kind of blindsided us. Um, unfortunately, you know, now we're in the, in this place where her anxiety has taken over um, lots of areas of her life that's affecting her her day to day living. Uh, one of them is school. My daughter has always loved school. She's a very studious child, and she has a lot of these irrational fears. And because of the, um, the acid reflux that she had, uh, she would feel nauseous. So if you can imagine, you know, early in your pregnancy and you're feeling Mm -hmm. morning sickness all day. Yeah. Yeah. And so she would be feeling that all day. And so she developed this fear of, uh, getting sick and throwing up at school and, it would just spin in her head and she'd have a wave of nausea, Mm. not realizing it was the acid that was causing it. So then her anxiety would be elevated. Right. And then she would, doesn't have the coping skills or she didn't have the coping skills to face the fear. So she would ask, um, if she was at home and not at school, she would ask me, mom, do I have the flu? can you check my temperature? I think, are you sure I'm not going to get the flu? And I would get so frustrated, Amber, because I'd look at my kid and I'd be like, you don't have the flu. I don't understand why you're asking me that. No, your temperature is fine. But I didn't know it's because she would experience these waves of nausea and her anxiety was forcing her to seek a way for immediate relief. Mm. And immediate relief was hearing mom say, no, you're fine. No, nope, oh, you're fine. Mm. No, nope, you're fine. And so she wouldn't face the fear. She'd get back into the cycle until she wouldn't feel well again. And then it would just spin itself around. And so um, I got to a point where I realized I needed to reach out for help. We should never, ever, ever be ashamed to reach out for help. You know, as moms, we just want our children to have a happy childhood. We just want to provide a safe environment for our kids. We just want them to grow up to be, um, you know, active, healthy members of society, to have a good life. And when you're faced with crisis and it, and you and you're not sure what to do in the moment, we feel this shame that is a complete lie. You know. We just need to be able to look at life, Amber, and go, nope, this is life. And sometimes life deals you a hand that's not going to play well. Mm. But you know what? We have to remember that the game keeps going on. And we there's the hope that that you know we can get past this and, and that we can move forward. And so, you know, reaching out to our doctors. Uh, was a big one. We have a family doctor who actually delivered her and she has a beautiful heart and uh, for all of her patients. And she was the one who suggested the issue with anxiety first. She noticed a few things um, coming out in, in my child's behavior. And she was able to look at my child and say, Avery, sweetheart, you're not well but we're going to make you well again. We're going to do everything we can to get you feeling better and and to make you well. Um that was that was hard. That was very very hard to be on the outside of that conversation just witnessing it when the doctor is able to look at your child and say you're not well. But there's hope for you to get well. And uh, she recommended um some literature for me to read. And uh, some outreach for me to do. And we live in a city 
uh, that is, we have a, a major international university here in the city. And uh, in that university, there's a child and youth development clinic, uh, some phenomenal, phenomenal doctors that just love these kids. And I went to a workshop as a mom. Uh, I took my best friend with me and who has a child who also struggles with anxiety. And it's interesting because, you know, our two daughters are very, very close and their anxiety just looks different. And it's because, you know, anger looks different on two different people. Happiness looks different on two different people. So anxiety looks different on two different people. And so we went to this workshop together and we learned coping skills and tools that we could take back and use with our kids to get the conversation going and the process. And um, I know that there's a few things that you and I are going to talk about, and I want to share with everybody just a few of the um, of the things that I've learned and the coping skills that we're moving forward to to help our our child identify their anxiety and and to face their fears. We just need to teach our our children about anxiety and you know, it's separating the anxiety from the child. The, the anxiety is not the child's identity, right? I don't want to be identified as being a really angry person. So I, if, if I am, that I need to deal with my anger. Uh, and that's, that's not who I am. That's just something that I need to deal with. So it's okay for us to teach our kids that anxiety is, is uh, an emotion that we feel they're, they're wired just a, a little bit differently, so they feel things on a different level, and that there are coping skills um, for them to deal with it, but it's not who they are. And for me to be able to look at my daughter, this bright, sweet 10-year-old girl, and say, it's, it's not who you are, Avery. It's just something that you're learning to deal with. That released a lot of pressure for her. That you know, was a game changer in her mind. This is the child who, um, I'll I'll tell you this, this quick little story. She had been feeling very, very sick one day and she had come out of the bathroom and she was crying. And my husband's uh, office is on the second floor of our home and she was coming out of her, her washroom. So he could hear our conversation as she and I interacted in the hallway. And she said, mom, I keep praying over and over and over again for Jesus to heal me. And he hasn't healed me yet. And I don't understand why. And I had no answer in the moment. I felt confronted. Like I was supposed to have this like theological discussion with her. I had nothing, Amber. And my my husband was in his office and he broke down crying. And he his greatest fear um, came out where he was like, I don't want her to doubt her faith. And she answered her own question in that moment as she kept talking. She said, but you know what, mom, maybe that's all he needs me to do is just keep praying. Mm. Maybe he's trying to teach me something and I just have to keep coming to him so I don't forget to. Wow. And I, yeah, it was like, you know, I was a deer caught in headlights going, I don't know how to answer this, this child's question. And really, it's like God used that moment to use her for something very powerful to teach me a lesson. Uh, so, you know, just having her understand that 
you know, it's not her identity. It's, it's just a part of, of her life and that she's, you know, learning to deal with and coming with that. Um, at this, one of the second most important things that we've been learning is learning to relax, um, teaching her breathing. That was a big one. I was like, really? I'm like, just, you know, I think we kind of disregard these things and we think of like mindfulness and, you know, all those things. And we just kind of think, oh, it's kind of new agey or it's kind of fluffy. And I'm not really sure I buy it, but mindfulness is just really them coming to like all of us need to be mindful and just come to this place where we can kind of focus on our own breathing and calm down in the moment because it's amazing what your body can do if given the chance and she can kind of self-regulate um and that's been really 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 great um just teaching her to just like you know kiddo just kind of breathe just kind of breathe uh through it um you know, helping her and another a coping skill was realistic thinking. You know, one of the things, Amber, that's really great for us to ask, ask our child uh, age appropriate. So you're right. probably not going to ask a three-year-old this question, but you can definitely ask your eight-year-old, okay, I know you're worried about this X, Y, and Z. You know, a lot of kids have anxiety with school, homework, sports, friendships. You know, we've talked about that. Uh, what's the worst case scenario? You know, what's the worst thing that that could possibly happen? And if you can get them talking about like, what's the worst thing ever? And for for my child, you know, her her the thing that was crippling her was her being afraid of like getting sick and throwing up in front of everyone in her class. And I was like, what's the worst thing? She's like, I throw up. And I was like, yeah. Like you throw up, like how many other kids? It's like, I swear right. there's like a yeah. kid who throws up every day at school <laughs> and just getting her to see that it's not the end of the world. And like, you know, it's, she'll, she'll get up the next morning and she'll live, you know? And, uh, you know, the fourth step in just really helping her is facing her fears. And so this doctor, um, that, that we've been working with, uh, <laughs> He taught me this really, really great technique, which has actually been working. And he said, when your child um, has the obsessive, you know, we notice sometimes kids with really high anxiety sometimes have obsessive compulsive, whereas they ask the same questions over and over again because they need to hear the same answer. And it's them not facing their fears. It's them getting caught in this crazy cycle where when we answer the question for them, we give them immediate relief from the anxiety. And then they have that moment where they, okay, I'm fine until the trigger happens again. They're not actually facing the fear. And so, you know, she would ask me, you know, I feel sick. Do I have the flu? Am I going to get the flu? Am I going to throw up? And I would answer her once. I still do this. This is, this is not past tense. We're still working through this. So I answer her once. And then the next time she asks me, I say, hmm, okay, I'm sensing that the answer I gave you the first time didn't really stick. Do you remember what I said? Mm. And then she'll answer and then I'll be like, okay, so I need you to ask yourself, is this Avery asking me or is it the anxiety asking me? Interesting. And as soon as she can go, oh, I think it's the anxiety. All of a sudden she's not, she has that moment that, that, that relief that it's like, that's not who I am. Avery's not asking the question. I'm still Avery. It's just my anxiety that's asking the question. And I need to take control of that. And so her and I actually are starting a workshop together uh, where the 
primary caregiver and the child. It's a closed group workshop. Um, and it's all about teaching them to, it's called boss back worry. And it's just teaching these kids to take control of the worry and to boss it away, like be the boss of it. Right. Mm, I love it. I do too, because it's, it's teaching, it's teaching our children that it's, it's empowering them to take control because we all know kids struggle with control because they get so little of it in their lives. And so when other things come in and they, they feel overwhelmed and they don't know what to do, it's because we haven't taught them the coping skills of how to, how to take control of a situation so that they can live life. And I, again, I just, Amber, I want moms to know that if your child is struggling with anxious behavior, if you're starting to notice that you, you know, your kid can't quite make it to the birthday party. I've been that mom. I got the dad of that party had to drive my kid home. You know, if you're having that child who's standing at the kindergarten room door screaming every single day because they don't want to separate from you, I totally get it. I've been that mom. I've been the one who's cried in the car because she didn't want to leave her little girl in that big classroom. And if you're the mom that gets asked a million questions a day about irrational things and your kid just doesn't seem to listen when you give them an answer, like I've been that mom. And you know what? One day, if you persist at it, it's going to click. Your your child is just human and they're they're having human emotions and it's human behavior and it's going to be okay. You know, find support, talk to other moms and you'll 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 see that almost every mom has a child in their in their midst and in their tribe who's a little bit more anxious than the next one. And if they, if these kids know that they're not alone and that, you know, this anxiety is just something that, that, um, they have to learn how to cope with. And the more that they can face their fear of it, the stronger they're going to get. And once they, they, you know, start to take back that power and they're like, okay, I'm feeling scared about this right now, but it's okay for me to feel scared because that's just, but the way that it is, everybody feels scared when they have to face something and everybody is scared of something different. So, you know, I really, I just want moms to know, like from the bottom of my heart, that you're not doing anything wrong by missing it. You know, some kids just hide it better than others. Just ask them questions. Just, you know, just talk to your child and and get help. Talk to other moms. Talk to your doctor. Just find support. And you'll see that there is a light at the end of this for sure. Well, Melissa, as we wrap up, where can people find you on social media and your website? Uh, you can find me at Melissa P. Sharp on Instagram and uh, melissapsharp.com. You can find me on my website. Awesome. Well, Melissa, as always, thank you so much for coming on the show. And also, Thank you for being so transparent and just sharing the journey that you are walking through. I know this will help moms just not feel alone and and know that, you know, there's other moms that are going through this. Absolutely. I hope you guys enjoyed this show. And if you know of someone that has a child that's dealing with anxiety, 
make sure to share this episode with them. And you guys can always go to mominspiredshow.com to see all the show notes and information on the guest. I will see you next week. 